Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. we got a special guest. Been in the game for the last eight plus years. Started off with wholesaling, still the bread and butter of real estate wholesaling, which is incredible because you get the deep discounted deals straight direct from the seller, but also has done a ton of fix and flips and over the last few years, really deep diving into more multifamily and uh, more syndication, raising funds and taking down bigger territory, which is awesome. But located in the Phoenix area, Chris, what is happening, my friend? How are we today? Hey, I'm good, brother. Thanks for the intro and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. So talk to us. Anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, where you're from, your story a little bit more, do you mind giving that 30,000 foot view for all the listeners? Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. So Chris Bizzub, originally from Buffalo, New York, lived in a couple different states. I've been in Phoenix for the past 15 years now. And I was in the hospitality industry for 10 years, bartending, just traveling around, having a great time. And then I hit 33 and realized, all right, this has got to change. And so I turned around and decided that real estate was probably the next, next best thing. Keep me kind of on that same you know, schedule. I got time. I got freedom, even though I found out I didn't have as much as I thought once I got in. But I had a lot of friends in real estate and it just felt like a natural progression. And so I got into real estate and I found wholesaling first. I was actually scared to get my license because I'm a bad test taker. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to fail this thing a hundred times. Yeah. And so I found wholesaling on a podcast super randomly. And I was like, holy crap, you can you could do this without a license and all these things. And I was like, all right, I'm going hard on this. So I, I dove deep, learned it. it. Took me about seven months before I even got my first contract, which, you know, in hindsight now is actually not bad for in the beginning. So yeah, I just went through the process of wholesaling, uh, worked with a group for a couple of years. They taught me everything I knew. And then I broke off on my own about four years ago and then got into fixing and flipping about four years ago at the same time. And then in the past three years, I started going deeper into multifamily. And so that's our new focus. Along Love with- it. So how are you going after you know your leads right now? Like How, how are you getting, you're coming up with your list? So what, what does the systems in place kind of look like? Yeah. So, you know, we have a team of four people and then we have 12 VAs. So we have them running cold calling. We have them running texting as well. And then we also have PPC running, not super heavy on the PPC, but we do have it running in some pretty niche pockets. And so that's our primary resources coming in. We have them reaching out. We have two of them reaching out to agents. We just started doing that and just trying to make those connections, whether it's, you know, either they have a lead or they have a potential buyer, right? So we're just trying to tap into them on both sides. So those are our primary things. And then networking, running around, going to meetups and and just talking to people. I was at one uh, yesterday, actually, and kid brought me a lead local in my market. I want to try to start working with him. So that's primary how we're getting our leads coming in. Nice. When you say, you know, virtual assistants, where are your virtual assistants based out of? They're based out of the Philippines. My partner, Eric, he is the one that runs that side of it. You know, I help them with the acquisition stuff, but he's the one that really trains them, hires them, does all the back end stuff. Okay, gotcha. And then when it comes down to you know getting your your list together, what type of details and 
and breakdowns are, are you looking for within, you know, getting your list together, like owner occupied, out of state, you know, certain percentage foreclosures. What does that look like? Yeah, I would say it's a little bit of everything. You know, mm-hmm. we try to stack lists a little bit. So we're definitely looking for um, out of state owners, you know, empty nesters. That's a list that we pull. We're about to try to tap into the high equity list because we've been getting a few leads come across. We're, we're trying to do more sub two deals, creative financing. Sure. Uh, we have a couple under contract right now. They're actually foreclosure leads that we've converted into sub two deals. I'm um, just trying to wrap those at the moment. But yeah, so we're tapping a little bit of everything and foreclosures. We're scraping. Eric's really brilliant at this stuff. He's got the VAs and some systems scraping a couple different sites to get direct, direct data on the foreclosures. I mean, the second they hit the newspaper, basically. And so we're going after the foreclosures right now pretty heavy because they're they're back. They're not as, as crazy as they were, of course, but they're back. And we're finding a lot of these that um, surprisingly, these people want to work with us. You know, a lot of yeah. those folks in the foreclosure, they, they bury their heads and they just forget about it and don't want to deal with it. But we're having good conversations and we're getting some of these to the finish line. So yeah. Well, they're... They're probably seeing, you know, so many notices and the fear is really starting to kick in and show that this is serious. Like they're going to lose their home if they don't do something. Right. So it's good that you guys are stepping in to solve that problem for them. Now, when it comes down to you guys have multiple different resources of marketing, which one is like the bread and butter? Like which one is the highest performing? I would say cold calling right now. Cold calling, definitely the big one. I mean, we, about two months ago, pulled two really big lists. I mean, one was a hundred thousand plus, yeah, hundred thousand plus leads with a couple different pain points, but not like super niche because we wouldn't have got that big of a list. And then the foreclosures again, like I said. So we just have the cold calling rocking and rolling. I mean, they're making hundreds to thousands of dialers a week, and then we're just transitioning over to our two acquisition folks and myself. I'm doing a lot of acquisition right now because we're still not in the infancy stage of this company, but we're still getting to the point where it's like, here you go, plug and play, plug and play. And yeah. so I'm, I'm in there, man. I'm in the trenches. I'm making the calls. I had two full foreclosure calls today with the bank and just working through it. So, Okay. So are you guys trying to work out modifications on getting them caught up on their rears and uh, negotiating fees and so forth and then taking over the mortgage? So we'll present that. That's an option for sure. Every situation is a little bit different. So truthfully, what we're doing is we're just digging in with the bank, finding out as much as we can, finding out what that reinstatement looks like. Most of the folks though that we're working with so far, they're not they're not able to stay in the home. They can't afford it. They've let their yeah. mortgage go for years, right? They just can't. And so at this point, they're at a, they're in a position where it's let's try to save the credit as much as we can. Let's not get a foreclosure on our record. Let's get you a couple dollars in your pocket so you could get into a situation that's a better fit for you. Because yeah. this whole not it. It's just the whole situation is not. And so, uh, you know, it's either a cash sale we're trying to structure with local investors, or we're doing a creative structure where we could take this thing over and get it out on a wrap. But some of these deals we're reinstating. We've reinstated two of them already, just so we can get longer timeline. You know, it makes sense to do it. Some of these deals yeah. we can guide it eight. It was sixty-two thousand dollar reinstatement. Yeah. And the spread just wasn't there. And we're, we told the guy, we're like, there's, we can't reinstate this one. This unfortunately doesn't make sense for us. Yeah. We, we could try and push it, you know, file for bankruptcy, which is another option, or do some of these other options you were just talking about. But a lot of the times, it's not a good fit for them. Okay. So when it comes down to, 
you know, your exit strategy, it's ideally trying to hold it, trying to keep it, trying to make it work in some fashion. And if not, then if you can either flip it or, or sell it for a nice profit, then you guys will do that, correct? Correct. Right. Okay. We're, we're trying to create a win on both sides, of course, right? I mean, we're, we have really good morals at the company, right? Or just in general. And so if we could help them in a way, we have multiple, we have nine different things that we present to people. And we just check through the list and decide what makes the most sense ultimately at the end. And yeah, I mean, we're just trying to create a win-win for everybody. And if we could stay in the deal, then yes, somehow we want to do that. Sure. Now, when you say nine different things that you guys are checking off, I know that's a, a whole laundry list, but what what are some of those items? Yeah. So, and I can't say that we created this. We, we snagged this a little bit from a fellow investor we work with. Good. But, uh, so what we do is we start off, we talk to them about can you get a personal loan to help you get out of the situation, right? Do you know anybody that can give you a personal loan to help you reinstate the home and get you back on your feet? Mm -hmm. They say, no, we check that off. Next one, what about a listing? Why don't you list it with an agent? And there's usually some reason for that. The house is too beat up. It's too rough. This, that, the other, right? There's, there's always some kind of excuse or a reason why they just don't want people in their home. Yeah. That, we check that off. Loan modification, right? That's another one. If we could talk to him about that and see if that works, get on a full, you know, get on the phone with the bank. I don't personally do that. That's not my specialty. We have Josh who does that. Mm -hmm. That don't work. Let me check that off. Well, why don't you keep it as a rental? Why don't you just hang on to it, turn around and rent it, and have someone come in, catch you up, and blah blah blah, and you know, pay the rent. Yeah, um, the home's too rough. It's too, it's too beat up. It needs too much money typically, or the reinstatement's way too high. I can't pay that. So we check that off. Then we start going into the investor stuff, right? Cash offer. Does that make the most sense? We walk through that. Sub two or creative structure. Does that make the most sense? Yeah. Renovate and list it. So we do novations as well, where we'll say, hey, we'll come structure it as a novation. You give us permission to uh, sign on documents and do all the things that we want to do. We can either list it or renovate it and then sell it and pay them on the back end once we sell the home. Okay. And number eight is, is bankruptcy. So it was actually eight things, not nine. And then bankruptcy, file for bankruptcy, pause the foreclosure, and then we can come in and keep working the deal and maybe go through the list again. That's usually if we get to the four days before the auction, right? The yeah. timeline is extremely short. And so we try to go through all of those checklists with them to find out, number one, if they could do any of those. Because again, if we can figure out a way to help them, why wouldn't we do that? Mm -hmm. We're here and let's go through all the items that we can do to try to save them and help them out. Yeah. So over the last eight years, you've had, I'm sure, a lot of ups and downs and some, you know, fun uh, along the way, right? Or else you wouldn't be keep doing it. Or maybe you just like pain, right? So maybe you just enjoy a good beating. But there's been some incredible wins in the last couple of years. And, and you gave me one or a couple prior to the call. And, and I was just so blown away from it. And it was basically had it like double your your multifamily investment in in just a about a year's time frame, right? So you bought a what a twenty four unit complex for one point three million, correct? Yeah, and you didn't just like I, I mean it's you more than doubled it, right? It's like three point something now. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. So uh, you know, obviously we bought this. We've had this property for a little over two years now. You know, so we bought it at the height, but not at the height. So there were still discounts going on right at the time, but we were just getting there. Sure. We specifically, we send out letters, letter campaigns to multifamily, mm -hmm. you know, get real niche on it. We break the list down exactly what we want to target. And then we send letters out probably two months, three months. And this came from a letter call and he was the, the perfect avatar of an owner slash seller. 
you know, he hated brokers, tired of them calling him, didn't want to pay them any money for listing it. Yeah. Uh, didn't want a lot of walkthroughs. I mean, he was checking off all of the boxes and the guy had a short timeline. He was, he was moving with the wife, retiring, and they wanted to buy a house in the mountains. Yeah. And so it was, you know, these situations don't come up all the time. This was a perfect situation. And so we ended up getting the property for 1.3 million. Um, on at 1.7. And after we did our inspection, I mean, there was stuff. This was, it was a value add deal, but in a really nice area. So we ended up picking this thing up for 1.3. You know, you know, in the last year and a half, we've owned it for two, but in the first year, we did a ton of work on this property. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably close to almost $200,000 in, in value add capback stuff. Yeah. Got the rents up really high. We added ACs on a bunch of units, they were swamp coolers. And recently, probably about three months ago, we got a, a broker value of opinion uh, or broker opinion of value. And they came in at about 3.3 on this deal. Wow. So, and so we were just, I mean, obviously extremely ecstatic. Yeah. Now, we don't know if that number would stand if we put it on the market, but you know, we just, we did all the right things on this property and the team's strong. So we knew we could get there. We just didn't know it would be that much. So yeah, really exciting, man. And that's what we're trying to continue that, you know, in the future. Oh, right? yeah. And so what does that bring in like net cash flow wise per year for you guys? Yeah, we net right around, I think it's 18,000. Oh, you said for the year? Yeah. Oh, uh, for the year. I'd have to do that real quick, but we're about we're a little over a little 18,000, some change. A month? month. Yep. So yeah, that's awesome, dude. So we're right around, probably, it's probably, you know, again, it's, that's if you're at 100 vac or 100 occupancy, which is almost very rare. Even on 24 unit, you're constantly changing people in and out. Sure. So we're probably a little over 200 thousand dollars. Cool. I love it, man. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's a nice deal too. So. Yeah. Tell me about um some of like the learning curves that you guys have experienced over the years. Yeah, man. So anything that really just like lights up that you're like, dude, never again will I make that mistake. Well. The reason I got into starting to acquire multifamily to hold was four years ago, uh, I had left the group that I was wholesaling with and partnered up with a buddy of mine who was targeting nothing but multifamily. I didn't yeah. know about it. I mean, we might have did a duplex here and there. I just didn't know a lot. And he's like, I'm telling you, man, multifamily's hot right now. This is what we need to be trying to wholesale or get into. And I, he showed me the breakdown. I'm like, let's, let's, let's go. Let's try it. I it's, like numbers. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> yeah. But we weren't looking at it as like full on underwriting, right? Like a huge Excel spreadsheet and really breaking these deals down. We were very simplistic on it. Back of the napkin, tie it up, tie it up for 70 a door, sell it for 100 a door. Yeah. Right? That was our mindset, very active, uh, active income style. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. We started doing letter campaigns and had cold calling going on. And we were doing, we were getting three to four multifamily deals tied up a month for like nice. six months. I mean, it was incredible the feedback. And we were just wholesaling it though. We weren't looking at it to keep, we just weren't in that mindset. And then we had sold a 10 unit and an eight unit to a fellow uh, investor guy of ours, big guy out of California. And he was in town, came to our office and he sat down and we were talking and we were signing paperwork for this 10 unit. And he says, I got to ask you guys, why aren't you keeping any of this stuff? Mm -hmm. You're selling me this (laughs) at a really good deal. Why aren't you keeping it? And we, him and I looked at each other, we're like, I don't know. Why aren't we? What the heck? Yeah. Like, it's like a complete mind shift for us. And we're like, oh my God, we got to dig deeper. And so we dug deeper and started learning how to underwrite, joined a mastermind, started yeah. really thinking about how the hell we need, we need to get into this. 
And so that was probably a big mind shift for me. And so if I would have changed anything, it would have been learning this stuff sooner, how to keep these deals. Because we had sold so many wholesale deals at such good pricing. It was crazy. Yeah. So probably my biggest, you know, that I could think of right now. And then, yeah, there's just challenges every single day along the way in this business. Every day. For sure. Yeah. So I think that mindset shift is so imperative. Like it's so freaking important. And it's just like, we, you don't know what you don't know. And when you're laser being focused on one thing and you forget to look around for a second, it's good to have good people around you to kind of pour into you and speak life and say like, hey, you know, like you're selling me this incredibly good deal and you've been selling it on a regular basis to me like this. I want them to keep coming, but hey man, like why the heck aren't you holding a couple for yourself? If at the time you didn't even think about it, like that's that's the power of, having just good people in your circle, like masterminds, right? And and being able to uh, just acknowledge and realize like, holy cow, you know, we're so focused on the active income instead of getting some passive income and, and more generational wealth long-term that, yeah, that's a, a, a big shift, right? So now the mindset starts realizing like, hey, what does five, 10, 15 years look like? And how do we actually start keeping some of these that's incredible. Have you guys done any of like the cost segregations on and any of the big ones? Yeah, we have. So, you know, obviously fast forward, we started digging into, this is a different partnership now. This was, you know, the other one was four, almost five years ago now. Sure. Uh, so the group that I'm with now, you know, I actually met all of these guys through a mastermind, through a, yeah. an educational platform, which is amazing. You know, I knew right away that the only way I was going to, I didn't want to go out and convince people to invest in multifamily at the time. And yeah. I didn't have enough. So I was like, I want to cut this curve and I want to get into a group of people. That's all I think about. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And I joined a mastermind, which is amazing. It's called Jake and Gino, really good guys. Um, so I joined them. And yeah, over the last three years is when we started getting more aggressive in acquiring, right? So we bought a 24 unit, we bought an eight unit, uh, we bought a 28 unit. That was our first syndication deal. That was last year. And yes, we've done cost seg on two of those properties. The eight unit was just too small. It didn't make sense. It didn't pencil out because it was a joint venture and it just was too thin. But yes, we've done the cost seg and uh, we have a property right now, a new one that we're raising on. It's a big one. It's a 77 unit we're excited about. We're, we're definitely taking advantage of the cost seg this year. Yeah. As you know, the next four years, it goes down 20% every year. And so now this year it's 80%. It's like, you yeah. got to try to acquire as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So um, how many doors do you guys have at this at this moment right now for yourself? Sure. So our partnership, uh, we currently have 52 mm-hmm. uh, in two properties. I own a handful of properties on, by myself, Airbnb and, and some single families and a duplex cool. that I just kind of picked up over the years. Uh, but us as a team, um, we had we had the eight unit. We sold that. We doubled mm-hmm. that less than a year, which was really cool. We, we did nice. well. Um, and then so we have 52 together. Uh, but the team itself, they all own their own units. They I all love that. they're all GPs and LPs. So combined as a six-person team on this deal right now, it's one person more than usually we'd like. Um, but we have uh, a little over twenty five hundred doors between the team. Yeah. So you know, I may be the least experienced person on the team, truthfully. So yeah, yeah. And I have three years. So a lot of the guys on the team, they've been in a little bit longer than me, and they've been rocking and rolling a lot longer. So. You know, I was fortunate to, to be a part of a, a group of people who really know what they're doing. Yeah. So what areas are you guys kind of targeting and focusing on right now? Our primary market is Tucson, Arizona. Okay. Why so is that? 
We love that market. It's the second biggest city in Arizona. It's right behind yeah. Phoenix. And so everything that happens in Phoenix usually trails down to Tucson a little bit later. Sure. Uh, but Tucson doesn't, doesn't participate in the huge ups and downs that Phoenix does, right? Phoenix mm -hmm. is top, top tier, top three markets. When it gets hit, it gets hit. But when it blows up, it blows up. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta go on that roller coaster ride. Tucson, fortunately, doesn't go on that ride. At least in the last ten years, they brought a lot of legislation in to really, really beef the market up and bring back a lot of really good investors to the market to start spending money there. And then another thing, I mean, and Arizona is just a very business friendly state in general, and Tucson is definitely one of those cities. Mm. It's just a very stable, secure market right now. You know. And in the past three, four years, it's been between number one and number three for the highest rent growth in the entire United States. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing, but it's not outrageous like Phoenix, right? You're not renting an 800 you know, square foot unit for $2,500. Yeah. You'll get an 800 square foot unit for, you know, 1400 1500 bucks. Gotcha. You know, so there's a lot of benefits to the Tucson market. Again, a lot of great jobs. You know, and one of their big focus right now is keeping people there. You know, yeah. University of Arizona is a great, great college university. And for a long time, people would go there and they would leave. Right. Yeah. And so they're, they're putting a heavy focus on keeping people there, keeping them in Tucson. And they're doing a really good job of it. Have you and, seen some job growth and population growth within the area? Oh, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. Besides that? Oh, yeah, definitely. So the, the population growth right now is about 10, 10 to 12 percent per year there. Mm. which is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you have a lot of big employers, Raytheon Missiles there, University of Arizona, Banner Health. It's becoming yeah. a big aerospace city down there. What's the population over there, roughly? Uh, a little over a million, about a million. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. That's great. I uh, love that. Yeah, so it's really good. And, and then again, so a big one is, you know, stuff coming up, new builds, right? New projects. For 2023, in 2024, they have nothing set to start being built. Mm. They have permits in, they have deliverables set to be start getting constructed, but they have nothing. Mm. So all these current assets that are there are hyper important for that market. Yeah. You know, they're they're not building a lot of new stuff right now. And what they are building is usually A class close to the, the campus or in no, in northern Tucson, where it's you know the higher end areas, you know, the million dollar homes. They're building A-class up there, two, 300-unit buildings. Yeah. In Central and the Hub, there's not a lot being built. And so these existing you know, C-class, B-class properties that we focus on, they're, they're very important. Is there a certain age of the property that you like to stay above? Because I know there's certain... You know, there's certain codes or certain like plumbing, uh, you know, within that area that it, it was a big transfer, a big change with new builds back in like the 70s and 80s, I believe. So is there yeah. anything that you guys like to stay within? We try to be 1970 or above yeah. is our goal. 1980, preferably. So when you get to the 80s, 80, 1980 to about 2000, maybe 2005, that's considered your B-class property. We feel like that's the strongest asset class right now. And for probably the next year or two, maybe more. C class is usually your 1960 to 1980. Sure. Uh, and so we like C and B class. That's our that's our primary target. Um, our current assets a 1985 build, which is perfect, right? You you touched on it a little bit. It has the newer plumbing, it has the newer electrical. A lot of the construction materials are a little bit newer. Sure. You know, so 
you know, better insulation, uh, a lot of the things that we like that, you know, we don't have to go back and, you know, replace clay pipes and, yeah. you know, knob and tube wiring and all that. Yeah. All that nonsense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. That, that's exciting. So what is, what does the future look like for you guys right now? Yeah, man, we're, we're, we're focused obviously on the wholesale business. You know, we're trying to grow that and really build out a nice team there and, and, and plug some good people in. Our whole thing is we just want to grow, everyone to grow together, right? Oh, yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're family-oriented people. I'm actually the only person without a family. It's kind of funny I say that, but, we're, you know, with a, a media family, kids or anything. I was going to say, do you have, you have no family whatsoever? I don't. I have none. I'm the only one. I just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm the only one without, you know, wife and kids, you know. Okay. But everybody else that I work with, all family-oriented, they have wife, they have kids. And, and you know, we're, we're just, just people with good morals and want to watch people grow together. Right. Yeah. That's what we want. And I was a tough person for a long time wearing all the hats. You know, it was hard to get off of that and to get away from that. And over the years, I've learned how to do that a lot better and better, getting away from wearing all the hats. And you learn that teamwork is the only way to make the dream work. Yeah. So we got to work together. We got to grow together. I mean, that's that's the big thing. And so, you know, the future looks like just trying to grow that side of the business and then, you know, scale up the multifamily side, right? Mm-hmm. Get, better, get better at raising money. Bring people in that want to grow with us, you know, find better properties and make better connections, really. That that's the ultimate goal is, you know, get to the point where we have a couple thousand doors potentially with everybody and everyone's just growing together and passively having fun. Yeah. Do you have a certain goal in mind uh as far as like monthly income or or just time freedom that you're looking to achieve? Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing, man, a lot of people ask what your your goals are. And I could break them down like really niche, but Ultimately, is just live life on my terms. Yeah, and that's my that's my quick synopsis of it. Is just live life on my terms. Mm-hmm. You know, ideally, you know, twenty thousand dollars a month has been my goal for the last couple of years. You know, as you grow, you know, I know you've had much higher level level people on here than myself. You know, and they would say twenty grand's pennies in the bucket, right? And as you grow, you realize twenty grand. It's a, a fantastic number, especially passively. But as you grow and scale, that number does have to get bigger. Yeah. So my, my number still is twenty thousand. I'm not there, you know, definitely not there yet. But that is my number, and I'm sure yeah. that. Will work. Yeah, yeah. There's always levels to it. It's funny, like once you get to twenty thousand, then you're going to get into that lifestyle of spending twenty thousand a month, <laughs> and yep. then you know, so you'll have next goals, but. But I think that's incredible. I'm excited for the growth that you guys have had thus far and all the experience and like, you know, the learning curves, it starts compounding your success for a bigger, better future. But yeah, it's exciting. So what, you know, if you had to start over, maybe, you know, speaking this to a listener, a friend, family or somebody, you know, what would you give to your younger self as advice of like, what would you do differently? Yeah, I would say, you know, early on in my real estate career, if you will, I mean, we could just start there because when I was in the hospitality industry, man, I was just pouring drinks and having fun, right? Yeah, D- different years, lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, 10 years flew by before I knew it. So mm-hmm. um, one thing I would say is I would have started looking into myself in my future earlier, for sure. I mean, like it, masterminds and just... Just in general, you know, like like today, man, it's insane with... with I meet kids at these group meetings and masterminds that are 19 years old. Yeah. And they're, they're doing all kinds of insane stuff. You know, yeah. at 19, granted, I'm 41 now. So at 19, it was a different era. 
Yeah. I'm looking at the internet. So I get that. But I wish earlier I would have been thinking about my future earlier. That's a big one, right? I would have, it took me till 33 to really sit down and go, man, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. You got to start thinking. And so it took me a long time to do that. So I wish I would have started that earlier. And a lot of people say that. And then masterminds, education, that stuff for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, 33 is when I started my, my mind shift. And then I didn't join my first mastermind until I was probably 38, 38. Yeah. I think. It took me a while. I was yeah. nervous to spend the money that mm -hmm. I, I admit that I was like, geez, these things are 20 grand. Like, you know, I don't know if I, if I could do it. And, and I, that was a bad mindset. It, it, I was going to say, it's a mindset thing though, right? It's like oh, how we grow thing. up. And it's always the analogy of like the angel and the devil on the shoulder. It's like, there's always something trying to hold you back and, and from your true, your true success. Yes. And so money is only, it, it's just a tool, right? And when you don't give it any power, but you use it as that tool, man, it, it always comes back. Like we met at a mastermind, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and just like your business partners all from a mastermind, right? Yep. So like the power of getting into high level rooms instead of hanging out with the guys at the bar type of thing, right? Yep. And surrounding yourself with next level thinkers, then you guys will be challenged just like that wholesaler that, you know, you were wholesaling to that one investor. He challenged you saying like, hey, why aren't you keeping a couple of these, right? You start surrounding yourself with high level people and you just naturally get pulled up to the top, which I love that aspect about masterminds and just going all in and on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal, man. I, again, I wish I would have done it sooner. You yeah. Know, I was in the position early on in my career of real estate to do that. And I just, I grew up very blue collared, very frugal. You know, I'm from Buffalo, New York, man. Like, you know, my whole family, they're amazing. I have an amazing family. They're all very blue collar. And so I grew up like holding my money tight, you know, yeah. really putting it into things that I didn't understand. And so, yes, it took me a while to do that. And I would say to touch on that, like, make sure that you're, you're, um, you know, uh, vetting these, these groups, right. And yeah. really, really look at a lot of them now. There's so many and you really yeah. want to vet them and figure out like, what's the best fit for you? Cause they're, they're not cheap and you got to make sure like all the things that they're doing meet what you're doing. And uh, I, I would say that's another big one too. really, really vet them out, talk to people, try to connect with people that are in them. You know, Avengers, where I, where you and I met, like I, I talked to a few people that were already in at, mm -hmm. uh, in Las Vegas about it and you know, nothing but good things. And so I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I would say that's a big one. Yeah. And even if you jump in and it's like something that like as an entrepreneur, I feel like you can always find negative things in anything <laughs> to make it better. Right. Cause that's like how our minds are programmed to like, well, I'm going to change this and make it even better. You know, what if we did this, but if you have the right positive mindset, you can turn anything into gold. You know, you can make that one relationship, you know, you're in there for a year, you can connect, you can learn something, you can, you can grow, you can put the pieces together to get your ROI back plus so much more. So that's why we're big advocates of that. Like we invest in five different masterminds per year, over 250, 250,000 per year into masterminds just to, cause we've always got an ROI like every single time. So I love that. Well, kudos, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm thankful uh, to have got to meet you and, and have your time on here as well. It, it means a lot to me and the listeners. How can people get a hold of you? Sure. Well, I appreciate that. Number one, thanks for having me on, man. It's yeah. been great. Hopefully we can do some stuff in the future, right? I'm excited about okay. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If anybody wants to connect with me, so 
I'm going to give you two different ways. So if, if you have any interest in, in, you know, you're new in wholesaling or you're trying to grow and, and learn that side of the business, you know, again, we're, we've built out a nice little system that's, that's just about at the finish line. And we'd love to bring some people on, you know, if anyone's interested in talking about that, uh, they can hit me up on my email. It's Chris at trueoffersusa.com. That's our company. And then if you want to talk multifamily, that's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's new, it's fresh, and we love it. We're raising on a deal now, right? We just, we're, we're just actively doing it. So if you ever want to talk about that, uh, you can email me on uh, that email. is chris at hopperstateacquisitions.com. And we can chat about both if you want, or either or. So you can hit me up there. And then my Instagram's chris underscore bizub, B-I-Z-U-B underscore investor. You guys want to hit me up on there. Love it. Cool, man. Well, guys, you definitely want to reach out to Chris. Just a wealth of knowledge and experience. And he's been through the ups and downs and crushing it. And you're definitely going to want to pick his brain, network with him, and and see how you guys could mutually benefit each other. Um, With that being said, if you want to connect with me, you can always do so on Instagram. It is Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And then if you're looking to get like true funding. Uh, We teach business owners how to be able to get up to $500,000 every six months at 0% interest so that you can get a big stack of these. We'll show you how to liquidate it and buy real estate or other assets and grow and scale them. Plus travel hacking, fixing credit, business credit, you name it. We got it all in one house for you uh, and we teach you how to do it. So how you can do that is go to creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. There's a quick 10 minute video on there to break down more in detail of what the heck we can do. And you can schedule a call with us afterwards for free, complimentary for you. Uh, With that being said, make sure you hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. You get the newest notification every single Monday when the new episode drops and leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love and support. As always, you guys are incredible. And uh, feel free to share this out, tag somebody in it that needs to see it. And we will catch you on the next episode. Till next time, guys. God bless. Chris, peace, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.